Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. We have got a fantastic guest today who is going to give you a fresh perspective on selling. Just wait, you're going to enjoy meeting Grady Gibbs. Today's episode brought to you by the team at Convergo. They help entrepreneurial companies develop and implement revenue growth plans. So if you want to accelerate your growth while building processes that allow that growth to be sustainable, you want to meet the team at Convergo. Just go to www.convergo.co where you can learn more and get resources uh, and grow your company faster. Well, our guest today is is Grady Gibbs. Grady is fantastic. You're really going to enjoy Grady. He has a very unique perspective. He actually works with doctors and healthcare institutions helping them improve their sales skills. He's the host of the co-host of the Doctrineur podcast and his perspective on selling is going to be a little bit different than uh, what you might expect, but I guarantee something you're going to learn today. So without further ado, let's welcome Grady to the Revenue Growth Podcast. What's going on, Grady? Hey, thanks for having me, Daryl. It's great to be here. I love the perspective of doctors selling and that uh, we were chatting before the show about uh you know it's it's interesting because at selling from the heart uh one of the companies that i get to be involved in we train reps how to sell i've right. never uh in training salespeople how to sell is <laughs> it's got its own challenges some right. days because uh, you know salespeople we think we know what we're doing uh how about training doctors how to sell <laughs> that's got to be its own set of challenges I used to I used to have a full head of hair, brother. Um, <laughs> getting, uh, you know, exactly what you said. You know, when you're training a regular sales rep, the 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 challenge is overcoming the sense that yeah, I already know all this stuff. I know how to do mm-hmm. this. I've I've exceeded quota every quarter of my career. There's not much I can learn. Um, and you've got to overcome that to to show them that you really can help. Mm-hmm. With doctors, it's the opposite problem that I don't want to be a salesman. I don't mm-hmm. want to be in the process of selling to people. And so we we recast the sales process as service and education. I and love you, that. Yeah. When you when you when your perspective becomes my job is to educate and serve someone by helping them get to the right uh, products, procedures, uh, services, et cetera, then selling them becomes a, a, a calling. And it's uh, it, it fits into their kind of training with the whole Hippocratic Oath thing of, you know, doing right by the patient. I think that is so beautiful. And I think sales on what in a simple form is a transfer of belief. And, you know, I can see the challenge. And, and not only that, there in many selling situations, um, the sales professional has a perspective that the buyer doesn't have. They've got experience in their narrow area related to their product or service. 
that the buyer doesn't have or or that the buyer thinks they have because they've gone out onto Google and Googled solutions. I think doctors aren't much different, right? Obviously, they've got specialized knowledge that is extremely helpful to a person. And they also have people walking into their office that think they know what they're talking about because of uh, because of Google and WebMD as well, right? That's got to, right. that's really has to, there's a lot of parallels there. And the challenges of taking that that patient and 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 helping guide them, it that's really, a big deal. It really is. And and just as an aside, you should never Google your symptoms no. because what you're going to find is the disease with the best SEO. That's <laughs> hilarious. But it, it's true for anything, right? And I know right. we're talking with doctors and patients about you know quality of life and sometimes life and death issues. Right. But if you think about companies as well, I mean, buyers are going out in the B2B or in the consumer space and Googling things. And in some senses, they're learning. In other senses, there's a lot of confusion and overwhelm when they walk into that appointment with the sales rep, just like, you know, when the doctor walks in the room, I'm guessing. That's it, it's exactly true. Um, and that's part of our uh, efforts to help the doctor educate patients. Hmm. Um, we actually have a platform that will send a video message out to like all of the patients in a certain category or, you know, a specific patient or every patient on Medicare, however they want to do it. Mm -hmm. And what that uh, messaging allows the doctor to do is really take that deep dive that they don't have time to do uh, in an office visit. Um, again, outside the scope of this conversation today, but, you know, doctors no longer run the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. The system's run by the insurance companies. Of course. So, the, so, you know, the, the, the pressure on the doctor is to, to use an engine analogy is they're not driving a car. They're spinning a hamster wheel mm -hmm. and the insurance companies want them to spin that hamster wheel really, really fast for mm -hmm. not much effort, for not much pay, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so the, the, the doctor, one of the other things that we deal with is they just don't have the time. Mm -hmm. So that's another aspect. And, and I think it comes in, in, in the sort of traditional sales world. Sometimes, you know, that I don't have an hour to give a prospect all of the background that they need to know to get parity of, of knowledge. I've got to get my message out in 60 seconds. That's right. Under that same sort of pressure. Well, and if you think about the complexity of, of buying teams today, especially in the B2B space where, you know, 10 years ago, the challenger customer showed 6.7 decision makers and influencers in a deal that's only ramped up in the last decade. Brent Adamson's telling us now it's 11 to 12. Last time I talked to him, it's probably grown since then. But the challenge as a sales professional now is I've got to be able to, uh, educate to use challenger language to teach to tailor right. take control right i've got to right. be able to do that but i don't have um the time if, I've, if i'm managing multiple deals prospecting and all of that to influence buyers um inside a buying cycle if there's 10 or 11 people involved i've got to get creative in terms of how i go about educating and i think that concept of leveraging video for example to be able to help somebody in the buying process, to help a patient in their um, care decisions, right. is actually really, really smart. Yeah, so it work. It works wonders because you know the doctor can get sort of a perfect presentation and take four minutes on a video shot mm -hmm. with their cell phone. We can then we have to because of HIPAA and the privacy laws, you can't just 
text that out necessarily or mm -hmm. email it out to people. But our platform like invites the patient in to watch that video. Hmm. But now what you're doing is you're interacting. You're not interacting per se, but you're you're there experiencing what your doctor's giving you for four or five minutes. And you actually come away feeling that you got that time and attention. And then you can ask questions later. Um, you know, one of the other pieces of our business is actually getting to the doctor to begin with. Hmm. And your, your point about the influencers is really important because most yeah. healthcare companies that we help, they neglect the most important influencers in the decision, which is the staff. Mm -hmm. We've actually coined, uh, you know, in, in web, web sites and things like that, you talk about the user experience or UX. We talk about the staff X, the staff. Ooh, I like that. I love yeah. that. And, and we, we encounter companies on a daily basis that are trying to get to our network of doctors, get our help to, to build out their, their revenue. Mm -hmm. And mm, sometimes it's like, guys, you, we got to really think about how we're affecting the staff. Because even if we get the doctor to say yes, within a few weeks, the staff will torpedo this initiative. And you've, you've made a sale, but you haven't created any revenue. You know? I think that's uh, that's incredibly, incredibly important for everybody to remember on this. And, you know, in, in Revenue Growth Engine, I'm passionate about customer experience because I think it's the glue. I think it's the the alignment point for sales and marketing and operations to really make sure that that customer experience is good. But for salespeople listening in, the experience that you provide to your prospects and clients is remembered not just by the you know head decision maker in that this case the doctors or right. the the clinic administrator it's it's that whole all of those people along the way have the ability they may not have the ability to say yes or no but they have the ability to influence a decision and influence usage of your product once you know once they have a huge ability to help you or sabotage you and i think that's right um you ignore those people at, at your peril but also it's better when you i think when you can flip it the other way and say okay what can we intentionally do to make that experience memorable right. amazing inspirational i'm curious what are some of the things that you coach people to do when it comes <laughs> to the the staff experience i like that <laughs> one of the uh one of the things we, you know, years ago, I had a uh, one of our sales reps tell me that uh, if you don't have the power to say yes, you don't have the power to say no. And so he viewed the receptionist in a doctor's office as an obstacle. Hmm. This is just a blocking dummy that I'm trying to get around. Right. This is just an obstacle course that I'm trying to get over to get to the decision maker. And what he what he was missing was she does have the power to say no because she doesn't put you through. She won't let you back. She won't give you the opportunity to talk to the decision maker who might be desperately in need of your help. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so what we've done is just kind of changed that focus to say, let's make that receptionist our champion. And so a big part of it, when we bring on something new is we think through the workflow issues in the office and make sure that we're not going to disrupt things because, you know, in, in a medical office, nobody's sitting around with nothing to do. They're all very, very busy people. Believe me, when you when you spend time in a doctor's office and you're not the patient, you see this controlled chaos Amazing. kind of environment that they live in. So what we what we've found is ways to address that up front to say, hey, the practice administrator, in this case, let's pretend it's Daryl. 
right? Daryl is going to love you for bringing this to him. And now your receptionist is, is saying, wait a second, what is this that's going to make Daryl happy with me? And now she's actually trying to encourage Daryl to talk to the rep and spend the time to figure out what this is. And that, that, you know, when you, when you talk about the number of calls you make, mm-hmm. small increases in efficiency really, really impact your, your, your bottom line as a rep. I think that's so powerful because one of the things we think of, I, we think of the outcomes that the top level decision maker wants. We think of the, the right. outcomes that the, the doctor or the practice owner wants. We'd think about the outcomes that the CEO or CFO wants, whoever the, you know, the top level decision makers are. Right. But are the question for all of us that I think you're challenging us with is, are we thinking about the outcomes for the influencers and what right. they want um, to see? And and if you neglect that, you do that at your own peril because you're going to get blocked. And uh, right. yeah, this isn't a game of football here. These are real human beings that have the, the power to say yes or no to uh, whether they're going to put you through or fight for you to get on the calendar or make you wait in the waiting room for three hours. Right. right. Or, uh, or give you the tips. Like, yeah. You know, coach you through it. They'll coach you and say like, Daryl goes to lunch right at 1230. Mm-hmm. So if you're here in the waiting room, when he walks out, you'll have a chance to walk with him to the elevator and you've got, you know, five un- uninterrupted minutes with, you know, Daryl, my practice administrator. Yeah. They'll, co- they'll actually coach you like that once they're engaged and treated like a human being. Because remember, the receptionist is getting hammered by patients. Why am I having to pay for this? Why am I, why is the doctor late? Right. They're, <laughs> they're right. out, they're out front dealing with all that negativity all day. And if you can be that, that positive thing in their life and show respect, you'd be amazed how much it helps. That's really good. What else are you learning as, as you're coaching people to sell into the medical clinics? We have a lot of people listening in that sell into the medical space. Um, you know, and I will say in my previous, previous life of selling technology into a broad area of industries, the medical world was challenging. I mean, it it was one of those things I'll be honest, didn't always look forward to. I knew that I had to call on these people, but, you know, trying to get through to the practice administrator or the doctor was, was, I mean, yeah, I just want to sit in a room full of sick people. Right. right. So that was always, it was always really, really challenging. And uh, I wish I'd known you back then, but if, if I were a rep that's calling on a medical clinic, what else would you, what else would you coach us on in terms of how we need to approach things? Well, in, in the category of shameless plug, mm-hmm. okay, uh, I would say that we, we encourage people. I love your engine analogy for sales. What, what we say is obviously you're not going to win the race with a bad engine. Mm-hmm. Right? If your transmission doesn't work, you're not going to win the race, but you can have the fastest car and still not win the race. The key to winning a race is drafting, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You watch, you watch any car race, bicycle race, motorcycle race, et cetera. They always get in behind someone running a, a good speed and let the other guy push the air out of the way. So when we approach a healthcare company, the way we like to position that is, hey, come draft behind us. Let us do the work mm-hmm. of getting you into the practice. Um, and, and, and then we turn around and draft. We take a very conscious approach to us uh, accessing specialties that we maybe aren't currently very strong in. We partner with people who are in that specialty now 
in ways that we solve their problem hmm. in, in exchange for access to their, their client base. Right. That, that has allowed us to, to really quickly scale for one of our partner companies. And that interesting. And I'm going to say this in the hope that no doctor is listening to this, but <laughs> our customers are not really the doctor. Mm-hmm. Our customer is the company that wants to do business with the doctor. Mm-hmm. Who we serve is the doctor, but that's a vehicle to help provide the benefit to our partner companies. And so what we what we do then is we help them craft their offering. And sometimes that's as 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 involved as redoing software applications that aren't uh, that that disrupt the workflow. We've had oh, wow. several. We've had several of those that. It's a great product. It's it's a, a needed product. We love the product. It's great for everybody, but it's a it's just sixteen extra steps for the staff, and we know that's going to kill it once we get it to a practice. Mm-hmm. And so we work to to create that. But then it's it's really about getting it to the doctor, but then helping the doctor get it to the patient. Because again, the the we were talking about the staff a second ago. You go into a practice and say, hey, we're going to we're going to generate an extra hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue. Well, you know, especially in privately owned practice, that's one hundred thousand dollars in the doctor's pocket. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got anybody's attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not Elon Musk, but the rest of us, a hundred grand a year is is significant. Mm-hmm. The problem is the staff gets none of that. <laughs> uh, they so get more work. They get maybe more work, maybe <laughs> or change. No one likes yeah. change. Right. And it's change. It's work. And. uh like doctors, the staff is always very serious about how does this help the patient. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we see in, in healthcare is a lot of people focus so much on the money that they forget that doctors are not in medicine for the money. They're motivated by money just like the rest of us in some ways. But ultimately, this is a calling for them. They got into healthcare to help people and to, to heal people and treat patients. Mm-hmm. And you got to address that up front. This has to be good for the patient um, to the point that if it's not good for the patient, we're not interested. Right. Um, but you, you got to make it good for the patient. And then there's good for the system. Can't just be abusive of the system. Then it's got to be good for the doctor. And again, what we do on the on the helping the doctor sell it is uh, we actually role play with patient to show the doctor how to talk about a product. We do all the digging on the research to show them um, it's maybe data they don't share with the patient, mm-hmm. but they're so analytical that they need that data to get their own mindset. Feel good about it. it. Right. You know, just like when you were in tech, you needed to know your solution was better than your competitor. Mm-hmm. You might not have taken the time to show every little aspect of why your product was better than a competitor's, but you needed that in order to have that confidence to sell it. That's right. And that's a lot of what we wind up doing with the doctor is, is showing them that this is good for the patient and why. Not just not just a sales pitch, but actually digging into research studies and things like that to help mm-hmm. them understand that. I, and I think you bring up something that's really, really important for salespeople to remember is a lot of times we want to think about the benefit to the customer or mm-hmm. you know the buyer but really what we need to be doing is digging a layer deeper so what's what is their the benefit to their customer in this case the patient right. um but also you know so thinking about that thinking a step and really putting yourself in their in their world in their shoes and understanding the truly what what they want to accomplish and what that patient 
or that end user of, of your client's product wants to accomplish. And then the other thing I think is really beginning to understand and having conversation around why'd you get in this in the first place? Because, right. you know, whatever role you're selling into, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a CFO, whether it's HR director, whoever you're selling to, um, they got into that role for a reason. They didn't put all the effort in. They didn't accidentally get into that role. You don't accidentally become a doctor. You, you know, you don't accidentally uh, become an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur or get right. hired as a CEO of a company. Uh, you're there because you wanted to be there and there was a reason you wanted to be there. And, and that, that why tip of the hat to Simon Sinek or Sinek, however you like to say it, right. uh, that why is going to be, you know, is, is really important to understand in terms of, of getting to the heart of the matter um, with all of that. And I think that's something, you know, I, I've watched a lot of salespeople, Grady, go in and go, I don't get it. I, I showed them how they could save a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, and they're not, you know, they're not interested. What in the world? Right. But but the real question is, what well, do you understand their why? Do you understand, you know, their actual real motivations and the real outcomes they're looking for? Uh, because that hundred thousand dollars may not line up with it. Right. They absolutely correct. And that's and that's what we see with you know, approaching a doctor all about the money mm -hmm. a lot of times is counterproductive. Because if, if you think about they've been conditioned uh, to not be about money, mm -hmm. they get attacked and criticized in society because there's this perception that doctors make a ton of money, which is not true. I mean, <laughs> believe me, I, you, you can look at the math. Almost every doctor could have made better financial choices for themselves by choosing another career. Really? They'd have gotten in. Yeah. I mean, they don't make a paycheck until they're in their 30s. Right. Right. Yeah. They don't make as much money as people think they do, mm -hmm. um, you know, because what happens is you get your explanation of benefits after a, a visit or after a surgery and you see all these thousands of dollars billed. And what you don't know is that's not what gets paid mm -hmm. and, and how much uh, overhead was involved and how many offsets and other expenses there were and so forth. So our doctors, you know, they make a good living compared to, a, you know, being a plumber. Sure, they make better money than a plumber, probably, mm -hmm. but they're not making as much money as the guy that owns a plumbing company. Right. And yeah. yeah. And they could have most of them could have done a lot better in like corporate law or even cor big corporate accounting and so forth. So, you know, there's this societal pressure reinforcing what was already sometimes a, a, a kind of an altruistic like I want to be a healer. I want yeah. to go make people better. I, I want, I want to be the guy who saved my grandfather's life. I want to grow up and be that guy, right? And uh, so, so when people come in with a pitch that's all about money, they ignore the complications for the staff. You know, these disruptions to workflow. They're already pushing at something the doctor is sometimes really kind of uncomfortable with. So it's really about starting with their why, which mm. is the about that patient care. This is going to make things better for the patient. And by the way, you're going to make a lot of money at it too. <laughs> then you've exactly. got to because nobody's opposed to making money. It's not that we, you know, nobody wants to make money. It's just, there's got to be that other thing that's more important. for, especially and, for doctors. and that flows down through the entire decision-making and influencing structure. I mean, 
people are working in the medical field. There's a lot of easier places to work than a doctor's office or a hospital, right? I mean, they're there, uh, not just for a paycheck. If you want a paycheck, there's lots of other things you can do that are much less stressful and much easier of work. They're there because, and that's, I think that's where as sales professionals and marketers, We've got to be able to fill in the blanks there. And I believe, I'm curious what you think, but I believe the best way to fill in those blanks is to just ask people, yeah. why'd you, what, what do you love about this? Why, I'm curious, by the way, why'd you get into this uh, job and this profession? And what is it about it that, that, you know, other than all the hassles and frustrations, why do you love this so much? Right. I, I ask it as a how question. Like, mm. how did you get into this? Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you the why. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's almost an inadvertent, uh, you know, how'd you get into medicine? Well, you know, my dad was a doctor. And so I grew up thinking of this as, as a noble career and I respected and admired my dad and I wanted to be like him. And that explains so much. Beautiful. You know, beautiful. And, well, and what a I lot of times for, for the administrative people, a lot of them started as the receptionist mm -hmm. or, or that type of, you know, I was you know, some sort of back office function. And I just was good at my job and kept working up. And now I'm, you know, sometimes they fell into it and they've acquired their why along the way. But what's interesting is they'll tell you that too. Yeah. They'll, 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 they'll open up and, and let you know, once you start asking those questions, if you're, if you're, if you're genuinely interested in the answers. Oh, so fascinating. You know? <laughs> Such a, I love that this conversation has been so much fun, Grady, because I, and I knew it was going to be because the dynamic of, well, first of all, selling into medical uh, is challenging. Anyone that's been in sales knows that. So just that uh, dynamic there puts us uh, in, in the position of having to be at our very best right. uh, to be able to navigate that environment. And then thinking about the doctor that is working to transfer belief to the patient. Right. Um, that right there is, has got the analogy is something we could probably just unpack for hours. Um, and I think is a great perspective for sales leaders and sales professionals listening in, whether you sell in the medical or not, just to think about that doctor patient relationship and where the parallels are with, with a sales uh, person and, and their client. Right. And, and, and whoever your customer is, it, even if they're not a doctor, they may have those same sorts of issues. Mm -hmm. And the, the classic one we see is if you've got diabetes, there's, there's three things that you really have to focus on. One is hydration. You need to drink a ton of water. Two, you need to get more exercise. And three, you've got to watch what you eat in terms of sugar and, you know, simple carbs, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a really simple eat right, drink a lot of water, get more exercise. And the problem is the diabetics don't go do that. Again, again, not pointing fingers at any sure. individual, just in general, they don't do that. And so part of what we've done is help doctors break that down and say, look, show the patient the, the big Sonic cup, the 44 ouncer, got to drink three of those a day. Mm -hmm. put, a little, put a little lemon in it to make it taste better, but drink three of those a day. That breaks it down to a manageable uh, process. Well, I, again, whatever other thing you're selling or whatever industry you're selling into, you can so help them solve their problem the same way, that same perspective. The other thing is with diabetics, tell them to exercise. They don't feel good. A lot of them have right. depression, right? So you got to break it down to walk more, 
just get out and walk for 30 minutes tonight, right? And so that process of breaking it down into steps, that can be applied in so many other industries where by helping that prospect solve their problem, they're going to solve your problem. (laughs) I love it. Oh, what a great perspective. Well, Grady, thank you so much. Everyone, if you're uh, in the medical profession, you're going to want to check out the Docpreneurs live show. That sounds like a blast. I've watched a little bit of it. And uh, I think uh, anyone in the medical field is really going to enjoy that. Grady, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Just want to say thank you, Grady, for sharing time with us today. This has been fantastic. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. And to everybody else in the Revenue Growth Podcast community, I want to say a huge thank you as well. You know, the stuff that we learned today is incredibly powerful. If you think about uh, the importance of understanding the motive behind the why behind everybody in the in positions of decision making or influencing in all of the clients and accounts that you're selling into, this is really, really critical and understanding the outcomes that they want. Don't overlook the influencers. So would you do that at your own peril? Grady has coached us extremely well today. And I know this is going to be something that uh, that we're going to want to talk about on social and really unpack because the concepts here are fantastic. Well, I'm excited. We've got an incredible roster of guests coming up in the next few months as we round out the year. We're heading into the holiday season. I'm thankful for every one of you. I'm grateful for all of the work that's been done this year. We've been saying since the beginning of the year, we've got to get it done in 2021. And that's exactly what's happening. So big hats off and a thank you to everybody out there in sales, in marketing, or running companies and driving revenue because you truly are the engine behind the economy. Thank you to everybody who's leaving reviews and sharing the podcast as this community grows. It's an honor to be here to serve you and to be on this learning journey together. So I want to encourage you, leave us a review at the end. And we've got a great, great guest coming up next week. You'll want to tune right back in. And until then, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.